Season 1, Episode 41, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Let me read that again. For God hath made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you took uh, that illustration I tried to show you before, you put uh, any object in your left hand and you say your left hand represents you and the, the object in your left hand uh, represents your sin. I, I like to use my wallet right now. I'm using a small transistor radio. But uh, for God hath made him. And now you let your right hand represent Jesus Christ. You really need three hands. But what I do is I point to my my left hand with my right hand, my index finger, and I said, for God hath made him, no, I, I, let me go back. I, okay, your left hand is you, your right hand is, is Jesus, and the object in your left hand is your sin. So I say the verse, for God hath made him, and I kind of lift my right hand up and down, for God hath made him, to be sin for us, and I point to the sin with my right hand. That's in my. I haven't moved my left hand. To be sin for us who knew no sin, and I raise. I show the difference. Who knew no sin? We have sinned. Jesus didn't. In all ways tempted like us, yet without sin. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, and then I say that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. And with my right hand, with with the Jesus hand. I reach over and I pick up the sin and I put it upon Jesus. I turn my hands over with my palms up and now Jesus has a sin. For God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I call this the great exchange. His righteousness for our sin. Pretty good deal. We are without sin incorruptible, there's no condemnation, there's no separation, Romans 8. And that's why I love this verse. I learned this verse, Christianity 101, which I use way too much, but maybe you college people can understand what I'm talking about. The basics of Christianity. For God hath made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And when I finish, I lift up my left hand and it's clean. And sometimes I put the sin between my left hand and my right hand, and I say, Isaiah 59, 2, your sins have separated you from your God. And that separation is taken out of the way by Jesus Christ. And then sometimes I clasp my hands together, showing there's nothing separating us from Christ. No condemnation, no separation. Anyway, that's the gospel of the grace of God to me. And it's just an illustration, and as a friend of mine says, there's no perfect illustration. Okay, so uh, I want to talk uh, a little program note before I get into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, because I kind of wanted to just teach this whole chapter, and even a little bit of chapter 4, because the chapters aren't inspired by God. They were just put there by man, and I don't think they were necessarily... I don't. I'm, under the inspiration of God, but I like the fact that we can take this book and and study verse by verse. So anyway, 
Um, but the, the uh, program notes, I started this podcast out uh, 507 days ago. I started memorizing verses on my Verses app. V-E-R-S-E-S, Versus app, and it keeps track, and today was my 507th day in a row. I'm in my 75th week of memorizing scripture, and I set up this podcast thinking I've really, you know, meditated and thought about these verses, and they're important verses to me. They have a history in my life, and, uh, but I'm at the point now where I can, I've got 47 verses. Um, Some of them are pretty long. They're more better aptly called uh, uh, passages, but uh, it's a it's a mix of probably single verses on the ratio of sixty uh, percent and forty percent are passages. But at any rate, it's a lot to do, and uh, I used to do it at night before I went to sleep, and then I I got I would do it when I woke up after my four hours of, of good sleep. And, uh, but now I just, I just, it's too much time consuming. I'm not gonna be able to keep this up and produce the number of uh, podcasts I want. My goal is one a day. But, uh, and if I did, um, I think where I'm headed is, uh, if I did the whole Bible, there's like uh, 11, almost 12, 1,200 uh, chapters in the Old and New Testament. If I did the entire Bible, that would take, what, about three years, a little less than three years. Um, I am a creature of habit, but um, I don't know if I could get that. I'm a terrible reader, which is kind of surprising that I'm doing this. But at any rate, um, that's one of the reasons I like to do the verses I memorize, because I read them real well when I know what they, when I've got them memorized. But... um, You'll just have to bear with me if you want to. Um, I think my my uh, analytics on my on on my uh, on on Anchor say that I've I'm, I'm listened to in seven seven countries now, mostly in the United States, and I am I just got Great Britain signed on today, probably one person, but anyway, um, it, my podcasts have been listened to 380 times. And again, I I, uh, I lower expectations by saying that that I'm doing this for uh, believers, post uh, rapture believers during the tribulation. But if if people want to listen, and I have no idea when the Lord's coming back, I believe in imminence. But so did uh, the Apostle John. So did Peter. You know, they thought the Lord was coming back then, and we and we think He's coming back now. So. Um, I say I, he could come back tonight, he could come back a hundred years from now. I have no idea. But we are supposed to be able to tell the seasons as the seasons come. I know at West Point when the, when the trees were leafless for, for, I don't know, four or five months, seemed like six, we called it the gloom period. But boy, when those trees on the plane started to send out the, the plane is the big field in front of the mess hall. But anyway. Um, would come out on the on the uh, trees and and you'd have a nice clear day. It wasn't too cold. You knew that we were coming out of the gloom period. Anyway, um, so I've got to move on. 
I learned the hard way that this thing cuts off after 60 minutes. That's good for you. But that also limits uh, what I can cover. So i got to make sure that every word counts, I guess. Anyway, um, I've kind of told you my plan. Uh, I think, well, my, my plan is if I'm doing this for uh, post-rapture saints, then I need to cover, uh, in my opinion, I need to cover the Gospels. There's 89 chapters in the Gospels. I've taught those verse by verse for for oh, years, about seven years after uh, my wife passed away, or even before my wife passed away. But uh, I got to teach those, and that was a great privilege. Um, so I uh, so I want to do those 89 ver uh, chapters uh, as soon as I finish up what I've got uh, memorized right now. Um, and then I want to do um, the book of Hebrews. I've already done the book of G five chapters of James, and I want to do the book of Revelation. So um, that's where we're headed. And we're going to keep in mind the uh, um, Hebrews 6.1. Um, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. So we're going to kind of work on the foundational basics. Um, the, the name of my podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, kind of implies uh, the basics. I was thinking, it, it crossed my mind, it changed my, the name of my podcast to Christianity 101, but I think I'm going to stick with Bible Story Evangelism, which is a name I came up with um, that uh, a few years ago. I, I knew a guy who had a, uh, a ministry called Creation Science Evangelism, and uh, I liked the name of it. I, he was uh, probably one of the best speakers I ever heard on the evolution um, front, but uh, that is not as important. Uh, my favorite saying about evolution was a guy that was copying him, going around doing his his uh, his outlines, I guess. But but this guy said, um, if evolution were true, it would be undeniable. So anyway, I came up with I just play on words uh, or play on his creation science evangelism. I came up with. Uh, Bible story evangelism because my students always told me my gift was telling stories. So anyway, um, so I think I've covered the, the changes that I, I have to make because I just can't keep up with these memory verses and keep producing these uh, podcasts. So that's the plan. Let's jump on to um, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 1 um, Corinthians chapter 4, uh, towards, towards the end. Let's go to verse 16. For this cause we faint not, but through our outward man, for though our outward man perish, here we got the two natures, here we got the outward man, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So you don't have the two men unless you're born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. The outward man here would be the one we can see. That would be the born of the flesh. 
and the inward man would be the one born of the Spirit. Uh, know you not that you must be born again, Jesus Christ in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus. Uh, chap 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 17, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Uh, next week, next podcast, I'll tell you whether this was a prison epistle or not, because he talks about his light affliction. It could be pretty heavy in, in a prison. He was in jail a lot. Um, he had Roman imprisonments, one or two Roman imprisonments. Uh, I go with one, but but uh, but as far as being cast in jail, just about everywhere he went, he was thrown in jail. While we look not at things which are seen, the visible things, which are but for a moment, for they are for at the but at the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal, like the outward man is is seen, that's the flesh, the inward man, if you're born again, is uh, born of the spirit. And it's called the inner man, the outer man, the the flesh, the spirit, um, the new man, the old man, the new nature, the old nature. Okay, we're going to jump to chapter 5, which uh, my memory verse uh, is the last verse in this chapter. Um, for God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But I thought it would be a good idea just to, uh, I was reading this chapter or to be honest with you, I was having it read to me and reading along with it, and uh, which is kind of the way I like to read the Bible. But um, And I just thought, this is such good stuff, I've got to cover it all. So I'll try to go through it quickly, because I've already burned 14 minutes, so I've got to, got to move out. For we know that our earthly house, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, that's a poetic saying of, it's a euphemism for death our body being the earthly house that we live in, of this tabernacle were dissolved, and that's a pretty apt description of what happens to the body after death. We have a building of God, and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Remember, the, the things that can be seen are temporal. The things that cannot be seen are everlasting. Verse 2, For in this we groan, and earnestly desiring to be closed upon with the house which is from heaven. Paul's saying he'd really like to go to be with the Lord in heaven. And he's writing this probably, he wrote most of all of his writings towards the end of his life. And um, anyway, uh, verse 3. If so, that being closed, we shall not be found naked. Um, again, closed upon with our house which is from heaven. Uh, if you don't have that, you're going to not be clothed in hell, I guess. Uh, you know, we're going to be not have the, the, the wedding garment, if you will. Anyway, um, verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, we believers that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, not that we would die, but that we would be closed upon that mortality would be swallowed up in life. What a beautiful way of saying, talking about death. 
mortality, death, might be swallowed up in life. And whenever I read the word might, I think, you know, it depends on you, whether, you, whether you're going to trust Christ or not. I took care of that 48 years ago. He had me at whosoever. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 5, 5. I think I'm going to quit saying 2 Corinthians 5 and just say the verse. Verse 5. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, to be clothed with eternal life, who also hath given us the earnest of His Spirit. I've paid earnest money twice in my life. Once was... When I married Barb and we, we bought a 12-foot wide, 50-foot long trailer in uh, Tampa, Florida while I was attending Bible college. We could have rented the money. We could have rented a, an apartment, uh, probably a one-bedroom apartment for the same that we were going to pay on lot rent and the mortgage on our uh, trailer, which I think came in under $10,000. Uh, and and uh, our realtor at the trailer park, she only sold trailers at the trailer park, said, uh, her name was Scotty, and she had a very Scottish accent, but she uh, she said, I'm gonna need like $100 to, I can't remember how much we had to pay earnest money, but that means that the offer we were making, which was $500 less than they were asking or something, um, if they took our offer, then, and we changed our minds, we would, they would get to keep the $100 or $250, whatever it was. And, uh, but if they took the offer, then that would, that 250 bucks would be counted towards the, the price of the home. So the, the price of the home would be dropped by 250 bucks if we went through with the deal. If we didn't go through the deal, we suffered the loss of the earnest money. Now, um, let's take a look at this, at verse 5. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of his Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, if I have the Holy Spirit and God just changes his mind on the deal of eternal life, if I believe in him, for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting. He changes that deal. I get to keep the Holy Spirit. I will take the Holy Spirit to hell with me, and it will stop being hell by definition, because God will be present there. I imagine flowers would start blooming, and I don't know what would happen to hell if, if the Holy Spirit entered, but it wouldn't be the absence of the Lord. So, therefore, we are always confident, because we have the earnest of the Spirit, verse 6, Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 7. Verse 8. We are confident, I say, and willing, rather, to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. We are confident. Twice it says that. Therefore, in verse 6, we are always confident. While we are at home in the body, we are absent, ab while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Verse 8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. We don't want to be absent from the body. We want to be present with the Lord. We don't want to, well, that's true. We don't want to be absent from the body. I used to, when I had to resign from the army, I said, I said to my commanders, 
both battalion and, and brigade commanders. I was a company commander, so I had to go to the battalion commander and my endorser, which was the brigade commander, and tell him what I was doing. And I said, I want to go to Bible college. And life is too short not to do what you really want to do. And I remember the brigade commander said, uh, you, you know, you have a more clear goal than, than anybody I've ever talked to about leaving the Army. So it wasn't that I wanted to leave the Army as much as I wanted to go to Bible college. But, um, <coughs> excuse me, for we, I got to eat smaller meals. <clears throat> for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, willing rather to be absent body and present with the Lord. Verse 9, wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. You know, that's, that's what it's all about, being accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Christianity 101. I've been saying this verse over and over again. 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we, believers, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it good or bad. So it's, it is, the Christian life is all about our works. Our wins and losses, if you will, in the battle between the flesh and the spirit. When, when, the, when the spirit wins, we do what's right. When the flesh wins, we do what's wrong. According to that, he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So, uh, works, works, works for, for reward in heaven the judgment seat of Christ, which is the Bema seat, which is like the Olympics. You don't get punished for losing the race. You just don't win the prize. You don't win the crown. And there are various, not just crowns in heaven, that I think we put back on when we go rule our ten cities or whatever. But there's ruling. There's, there's riches, lay up riches in heaven. Uh, that's where we should be investing. And Anyway. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, verse 11, we persuade men. Okay, who do we persuade? We persuade, Paul right here is per, trying to persuade Christians to get to work. And the judgment seat of Christ will be a sad time if you have no, no good works. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that the one that I'm just going to jump to and I'll let you think of your own reasons why you might not have any rewards. The thief on the cross, how many rewards did he have? I don't know, you know, but but we're talking about him right now. So, you know, he's probably got a pretty good mansion. Whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, so anyway, um, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord that he's not going to cut a slack when it comes to judgment. The, the, the good judges don't do that. They don't, they don't add to your score. They don't take away from your score because you're not from this country or that country or their country. You, they, you know, and these are human judges, but the Lord is going to do it perfectly. And again, I don't want anything I didn't win. Did I, you know, walking around with something you didn't earn in the army. Like I knew a guy that sewed a ranger tab on his uniform because he felt like he earned it. I went to ranger school. I didn't. I finished the binning phase, but I attended in my uh, ankle, or my foot gave out, tendonitis, which I had chronically my whole life. And now since my motorcycle accident, it's uh, very much a common thing now. But anyway, 
uh, I don't want something I didn't deserve. We had we had we wore medals on our uniform. I didn't know anybody that wore a medal. They didn't put that they didn't earn on their uniform. This Ranger Tab guy was the only one. And guess what? They got him out as quick as they could. He didn't make captain, which is very unusual. If you're if you're a lieutenant, I don't think he made first lieutenant. That's unheard of. It's the only guy I didn't know that didn't get promoted to first lieutenant. It was kind of like. I mean, you had a commitment to the military for your scholarship or whatever as an officer. So, you, but they wanted this guy out as soon as possible, and he was nuts. But anyway, um, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, and and then we persuade them to trust Christ. And the hell's a terrible place. And you go, well, it must be a terrible God that made it. Yeah, let me tell you about that terrible God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The God whom invented the rule, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be open unto you. Yeah, that's a terrible God. I thought he was a terrible God until I heard the gospel of the grace of God and I, I did a 180. It's a great God. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men... Uh, but we are made manifest unto God or made known unto God and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Okay, so Paul is trying to work for the Lord and work for other believers. So, um, verse 12, For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearances and not in heart. So I, these Corinthians were having people come in and saying, well, Paul is trying to get your money or Paul's trying to whatever. I don't know what Paul was doing but or what they said he was doing. But but people that glory in appearances, they that's why I like to be, a, one of my students wrote me recently and said, that my teaching was, uh, what was the word she used? Was uh, vulnerable, Vulner teaching with such vulnerability. And if you saw my last podcast, it was pretty vulnerable. But I wanna be legit, that to me is my favorite word. I wanna be real, I wanna be honest. Um, and I'm, I'm not gonna be because I'm human, but I'm gonna try to be as much as I can. Um, I think Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was. Wherefore, okay, okay, uh, verse, uh, okay, verse 12. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give an occasion for you to glory on our behalf. Look at what Paul's in prison. He's writing us. Paul did this, Paul did that. Shipwrecked, beaten, stoned at Lystra, got up and walked back into the city. Luke said he was dead, the writer of Acts. Uh, Paul said, caught up into the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. That's the difference between a dead and the body without the spirit is dead. So if, if he was out of the body, then he was his body was dead. But he rose from the dead to walk back into the city. That you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearances. Paul is saying he didn't glory in appearances, but those people that do. And not in heart. Let's glory in heart, not in appearances. Let's have substance over form. For whether, verse 13, for whether we, 
For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. I think he's saying beside ourselves is like bragging, you know, but he's, he's trying to give them ammo to say, look, Paul's a good guy. For the love of Christ constrains us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all are dead. That's how he can say he was willing rather to be absent of body and present with the Lord. That he died for all, verse 15, that they which live should henceforth not live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Okay, and if that doesn't, you know, again, I don't think it's wrong to work for reward. He promised, lay up treasure in heaven. It's a command. Lay up treasure in heaven and not on earth, where moth and rut doth corrupt. So I really, you know, I know it sounds really great, but it's like going to the Olympics and saying, I don't care if I win or lose the race. I just don't think that's what we... And, and you win it if you do more, you know, if you um, you got a lot more good than you got bad. That's a, that's a win. But nobody's going to stand before God with a perfect score. Let me answer it that way. Not even Nadia Comaneci. Anyway, uh, you'd have to know the Olympics uh, about, uh, what, about 40 years ago? Something like that. 45 years ago. And he that died for all, verse 15, that we should live not henceforth unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. I, I got to admit, I'm pretty, I'm pretty indebted to the Lord. And I love his word and I love, uh, I don't even want to say I love him because I don't keep his commandments perfectly, but I know he loves me. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Uh, his flesh is not around anymore. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. Now, some people like to preach this like, you know, you don't sin anymore, and you just love, you know, the Bible, and you love hanging around Christians, and that was not my story. That was not, not what the president of my Bible college taught either. But when I first became a Christian, they called me up and said, hey, let's go to camp. I said, I don't think so. When are you going to come back? I don't, I, I've been, I trusted Christ. Why would I want to come back? I don't think I came back until the, 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 uh, the, they asked me to go to a, con, uh, a Valentine's con, con, uh, concert. The last concert I'd been to was Pink Floyd. So I said, you know, okay, I can go to a music concert. And when I left that concert, I said, I'm never going to miss anything these guys do again. I was really, the words, the songs really spoke to me. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. My Bible college professor would say, you have a new father. You're not of your father, the devil. You're going to heaven. You have a new destination, heaven, as opposed to hell. You're going to live in the presence of God for eternity instead of the absence of God for eternity. Um, you have a new man. You're a new person. You're born again, incorruptible. That's how you get into heaven. You've got this incorruptible part of you. Old things are passed away. You know, I still waste my time. I still procrastinate. I still goof off. I still do, you know, have bad thoughts. I get angry and I have trouble forgiving and 
Behold, all things are become new. All important things have become new, that's for sure. But you still have the old man, so, you know, who shall deliver me from this body of death, the Apostle Paul says. You can read that into Google and find that verse. Who shall deliver me? Romans, I think I went over it the other day. All things are of God, verse 18, who hath reconciled us to himself. He's the one that, that has reconciled us to himself. He has taken out that sin. If you go back to that hand gesture where I had the transistor radio between my two hands and my right hand is Jesus Christ and my left hand is me and Jesus took it away, bore it on the cross and then I put, I set down the, the radio and I bring my hands back together and I interlock my fingers and there's nothing separating us from God when we, and I just like illustrations. I saw this a year before I trusted the Lord but I, I went home, I said, Dad, what do you think? He goes, I saw that before, I don't, I don't believe it. You gotta do your part. I said, of course, you're right. Your part is believing. What must we do to do the works of God? Believe on him who he hath sent. Uh, that's one of the memory verses I'm gonna go over in the future. If I haven't gone over it already, I'm, I'm getting lost in all these verses. But anyway, um, Verse 16, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet henceforth, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new, and all things are of God. All the important things are of God, and of the new nature, it's all new, incorruptible. You've got a part of you that, that can't be corrupted who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ took out that sin moved it as far as the east is from the west all of your sin the sin of the whole world and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation that's what I'm doing right now Bible story evangelism is the is my ministry of reconciliation to try to tell people about Jesus Christ and it has been since Hurricane Andrew which is in 92 to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Now, he's not going to force you to believe in him. I heard one guy say one time, he's a gentleman. He's, he's a loving Heavenly Father, but he created us in his image. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. I went to that Bible study 48 years ago. I did not want to trust Christ. I, did, I just wanted to shoot the gospel down. I didn't even know what the gospel was. I didn't know the New Testament from the Old Testament. But I understood John 3.16 and Ephesians 2.8.9 that night. And I said, this is it. This is it. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, I'm in. Best gospel I ever heard. It's a gift. I heard, make him Lord of your life. I heard, let him into your heart. I heard all this stuff I knew I couldn't do. To me, it would be like trying to give up something for Lent. I wasn't going to keep it up. So, but he keeps it up. And he dwells inside the believer. And you're, it's hard to kick against the thorns. As, as Jesus said to Paul when, when Paul fell off the horse. And Paul was rebelling against God, wanted to destroy the church. And he said, Lord, what do you want? And he had a, a turnaround. I had one similar. If you don't remember your turnaround, it doesn't matter. It doesn't say, for whosoever remembers how they were saved shall not perish but everlasting life. 
Some people are young, they don't remember it. The thing is, do you, are you trusting in Christ as your only hope for heaven? Are you a professor or are you a possessor of the Holy Spirit? Is there enough in your life to, to say, does God, do you get away with sin? I, I don't. I didn't get my dog a license after Hurricane Andrew. My fence was blown away. I didn't even know where my dog was. And I got his big, long, big, humongous fine for that. I did, but it was for an unfixed uh, dog. And it was like three or four hundred bucks. And I said the dog was fixed. And, you know, but I never forgot to get a license after that. They they judged without mercy. They're kind of like God in that. The, the rules are the rules. Well, anyway, there's plenty of there's plenty of judgment. And God judged Christ without mercy. He judged him with the horrible death, which Jesus asked three times, Abba Father, all things are possible, and you take this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And then he prayed, Abba Father, all things are possible unto you. Take this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then he prayed again, Abba Father, all things are possible unto you. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And God said, you got you to gotta do this. And he knew he had to do it. I think he said it three times so we'd know the prayer for, for us to pray at this time. The, 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 our Father who art in heaven, that's for the 144,000. Give us this day our daily bread. I, got, I don't need to pray for that. If you do, I'm, I'm sorry you're in that position, but I don't. And... Um, Never have. But, um, okay, verse, uh, all things, verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. None of these things moving, neither count on my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God with joy. It's, it's uh, you know, people ask me, how are you doing? I lost my wife. I had a near-fatal motorcycle accident. They say, how are you doing? I say, I'm doing great. I can't believe how good I'm doing. Now, for three years after my wife died, I was doing really bad, but... I was just sad. That's that's all I can say. But after my accident, I it, I, I said I'll see her again. I, I matured a little bit, but uh, but compared to where I was for three years after my wife died, I'm doing great. And hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. End of verse 19. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Where's our country? Heaven. I'm kind of homesick for a country to which I've never been before. Beulah land. Now, when we, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. And the worst thing that can happen to an ambassador, they're above the law in the country they're, they're in, is to get called home. So we're above the consequences of sin. Christ has paid for those for the whole world. All you have to do is believe. Repent of your dead works. Quit trying to work your way to heaven. Um, Hebrews 6.1 And faith towards God. From dead works to faith towards God. That's what I did. 
Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. I pray you to believe in Jesus Christ, to repent of your dead works and put your faith in Jesus Christ. For he hath, here's my memory verse, the last verse of chapter 5. For God hath made him, for God hath made, for he, God, hath made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, you and me, the whole world, who knew no sin, that would be Jesus Christ, he knew no sin, he was perfect. If he knew sin, read the book of Hebrews, he'd have to offer sacrifices for his own sin, like all the priests did. But he was better, the book of Hebrews, who knew no sin, that we, you and I, might, are you going to repent of your dead works and put your faith in Jesus Christ? Then you will have the righteousness of God in him. If you don't, you won't. That you that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's a done deal for me. It has been for 48 years. You could make it a done deal for you today. And if you, if you are already a believer, then, hey, start uh, being a good ambassador. You're a missionary. The question is, are you a good one or a bad one? You're an ambassador. The question, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ for salvation, if you've repented of your dead works and put your faith in God, you are on the team. Get to work. Do you want to play or do you just want to sit on the bench? Remember, there's eternal rewards. We will be judged for our wins and losses, our, the good and bad that we do. And again, I think the thief on the cross hit a home run. That's for sure. I've always thought of it. Even before I was saved, I thought about the thief on the cross. That guy was so lucky to be crucified with Jesus and get a uh, promise that this day you'll be with me in paradise. I look forward to seeing him. And I bet he's got a pretty nice mansion. In my father's house are many mansions. I don't think there's a, a slum in heaven. But there are rewards. And uh, well done, my good and faithful servant. Man, that would be a nice reward if you're not motivated by rewards. It's fun to say I'm not motivated by rewards, but if there are rewards, and I think there are, it might be a good idea to work towards them. Anyway, I read an article about that, and it's been on my mind a lot. I'm convicted about saying, I'm working because I love God, when he commands us to lay up treasure in heaven. Anyway, make good investments with your time, mostly with your time. Okay, well, I'm going to say adios to God. And my favorite, via con Dios, go with God. <laughs>